Before we get started, if you love what we're doing on the Church Sound Podcast, do me a favor. Hit that subscribe button. Review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen on. Check out our YouTube channel. And if you want more information, go to our website, www.churchsoundpodcast.com. See you in the matrix. Welcome to the Church Sound Podcast, where kingdom culture, real life, and technology intersect. I'm your host, Prentice Thompson, along with the pastor, Caleb Winley. We're here to help you get through Sunday. Could you hear the pastor? What about your live streams, social media? We provide solid solutions for all of your multimedia needs. Let's learn something today. Let's go. All right, yes, welcome to another edition of the Church Sound Podcast. I'm your humble host, Mr. Prentice Thompson, along with the pastor. I'm the pastor, Caleb Winley. How you guys doing today? Let's my man is it. on point. My man is on point. Let's Doc, get it. today. Let's get it. Today. <laughs> hey, listen, today's show is a special show. First, before we start, got to yeah. shout out our sponsor, Metro Podcast Studio, the hottest podcast, podcast studio in New York City. If you need anything done, live sound, live streaming, metro, I mean, podcasting, production, they do it all. Hit them up at metropodcaststudio.com. They'll take care of all of your needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny thing about this about this show. This is episode number 27. 28? 28, brother. 28. 28. 28. All good. All good. In the almost episode, 30, bro. Almost, almost 30, 30, man. We've been drinking for a while. You know what I mean? <laughs> We've been drinking for a while. We're almost 30. You know, 21 was the age. Now we did 28. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> almost, almost there, brother. We're almost there. Yeah. Everybody got kids. Everybody's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I was trying to come up with a title for this show, okay. and and just it just popped in my spirit. It's the heart of a worship leader. Okay. Mm, I like the that. music. I like the music that. portion. The heart right, of a right, worship right. leader in music. So, I think we got the perfect. Perfect guest. Yeah, man. Um, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this gentleman is the executive director of music at Agape Family Worship Center. Oh. He's also, he's a musician's musician. Yeah. I threw his name out to a couple of, a couple of dudes that I know that's, that, that can really play. Okay. And they were like, what? He go, he's, 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 a, he's first name basis. You even got to say his last name. <laughs> oh, you got to say his last name. I Google, yo, I'm, I'm gonna keep it a buck. I, I typed his name in. It's people studying him. Wow. I don't think he even knew this. This cast, you knew that? I didn't know. I was like, what? So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs of all ages, let's welcome <laughs> to the program, Mr. Lauren Dawson. How's everybody doing, man? Thanks for having me, man. I'm blessed to be a part of this show, man. Dude, dude. I you know, I looked up your name. I was like, wait a minute, because I mean, your band, uh, y'all call the East, the East Coast. Y'all call yourselves? Oh, I I didn't I didn't put who did that. A guy named Sebastian Weed. Oh, that's my man, Sebastian. That's my guy. Weed works. Yes, he used to come to the church. I used to have him at the church a lot. And he used to, he just loved the band so much. He just videoed us one day. I mean, he video, he got a lot of footage actually. 
of us and uh, he just put it up one random day. Like I, I was like, I didn't know he was gonna do it, you know, but he did it and uh, we got over 300,000 views. Wow, bro. Speaking of footage. Uh oh. Oh, Lord. Yeah, he gonna do you, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Speaking of footage. Uh, oh, uh oh, uh oh, we got the MD lift. <laughs> Speaking of footage, can we do this? Can oh we do my this? God, Lord Jesus. Look, look at Lauren's face. Lauren's face is like. He said, look at how fat I was. Yeah, man. You know, I, I had a weight loss journey, man. I lost like 30 yeah. pounds, 40 pounds. Oh, oh. Wow, man. That's incredible, man. I don't know how you got that. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, um, that's good. That's you know, good. I'm working my way through the journalism school, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I'm doing all right. I think I did all right on that one. So, <laughs> so we do this thing on our program called Sunday School. And we've talked off script. And the pastor on the mic today <laughs> is Mr. Lauren Dawson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs of all ages, let's get ready for Sunday school. Mm-hmm. Sunday school, he's gonna give us three topics, three points, like, like like the old school. I got three points before they close. And so, just tell us your three points, sir, and let's get into it. Okay, class, it's time. Time for Sunday school. Come on. Hey, I wrote them down. I can say them. Uh, uh, you, you, okay, 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 okay. So uh, these are the, these are the points he gave me. Yeah, yeah. The points he gave me was, what's that smell? Uh huh. That's point number one. Well, point number two, we fall down. Okay. Point number three, on Broadway. <laughs> on Broadway. So, so. Being the pastor got to pick now all these three titles of this. Hey, listen. Which one do you feel, brother? Uh, man, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. stuck. I'm, real, real, I'm stuck. Uh, but I'm, I'm thinking I'm leaning towards what's that smell? But uh, we may have to drop a two up in that piece. We may have to get a, we may have to get a two piece. Get a two piece dinner on this one. Got back side of fries. That we doing? That's what we doing? I have to, bro. Just all right. So, all right. So, I say we go with what's that smell for for five yeah. for five right, for five fifty. Right, what's right. that smell for five fifty? Our, uh, our brother uh, has the floor. Yes. <laughs> well. Uh, according to the book of What's That Smell, uh, <laughs> chapter one, verse, <laughs> no, no, actually, um, one day, um, uh, my pastor, uh, we, we, we usually do like two services, uh, each Sunday, uh, on a Sunday morning. And so, um, we had a, my pastor wanted to meet with us early before service started. And so we uh, decided to, uh, you know, meet him upstairs. So now, you know, in the morning, if you don't tighten up, 
yeah. You know, you you know, you you, you, you hold you can, yeah. you can flame everybody out. You can fry everybody with, your, with what's going on up their head because you know you ain't do your due diligence. Well, what I'm not gonna leave the person nameless, but uh, they they must have had a rotten tooth or something <laughs> because uh, they oh, came man. in and and uh, stuck up the whole. Pastor's whole office. Now, Pastor's office is pretty big. Oh, and we all in the room like, what is that? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so my pastor ain't get in, the, in there yet. He in his bathroom. So we all standing in his office. So finally, he like, he come out. But at first he was good. He was chilling. He was chilling. He was light. You know, everything. He was like, yeah, hey, hey, come on. What is that? What is that smell? Right. Oh <laughs> he said, he said, he said, you actually came out the house like that? Right. Oh my God. He went back in his bathroom and got a bag of mints the size like this big, like a huge <laughs> and handed it to everybody. Cause you know, he, he like, everybody take a mint. You should not come in here smelling with your breath stinking like oh that. Oh my god! We all thought we knew who it was, <laughs> but we had to endure. And he was so upset because he oh was so nervous. Like, oh my man had the rotten tooth, man. He didn't, he didn't put no listerine or something. I don't know, but he missed his mark, man. He missed oh, his mark. Everybody, man. <laughs> oh my god. He messed up everybody. Man. Oh, that's hilarious, bro. It was terrible. That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh man. And, Co- and, and Lauren Dawson has closed. He has Come closed on. the book of chapter. <laughs> oh, dude, that, I seen that happen in like, you know, sound check and the wrong person, you know, have the, the phone cover on the mic. Oh man. And they pass it to him. And this girl grabbed it. She was like, I took the thing off. Smelled <laughs> <laughs> like somebody wiped they behind with it. Exactly. <laughs> for real. For real. Exactly. Yo, yo P, you know, I, I got one one a little a little worse. So you know, you preach a message, my brother, y'all we, we all know. So you preach for about 45 minutes, you getting it in, you spitting, you you there's a whole lot happening at that particular moment. So I got this brother in our ministry. So he comes down off the pulpit and he says, I want to do an altar call. And has everybody come up to the front. So everybody's coming up to the front. And so I'm I'm actually standing there as the usher. Like I'm, I'm catcher. I'm playing catcher today. I was like, okay, <laughs> I, I, ain't nobody here. I'm going to do catcher. But every time people get in front of him, they just start <laughs> blinking. And I'm like, what, what is happening? Man. What's wrong with the people? So I'm thinking maybe maybe he's spitting, and then you know everybody go and they do their thing, and and everybody walk away and they and their eyes are nice and bright. But then, but all of a sudden I said, well, <laughs> I'm gonna go up and I'm gonna get prayer because I you know I knew I need the Lord to touch me right now, and I get up there. Now this is after about 20 other people done went. So if he was hot. He really he's hot now. Volcanic right now, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's vol- it's volcanic. <laughs> I get up there, I'm like, oh my God. He smelled like socks, old socks, 
potato chip. Oh my god! And rotten eggs. I was like, I had to stop him. I said, "Bro, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> the Lord the has Lord, touched me. The Lord has spoken. The Lord has touched me. I, I, I have been delivered. Literally all around. <laughs> exactly. I, it's you ain't even got to finish. I, you, you just anointed, brother. <laughs> wow. That's hilarious. Oh, yo, man. You gotta know when to, you gotta know when to rope the fold them, right? You, you gotta know when to hold them. You gotta know when to fold them. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Rain, how about that? No <laughs> doubt, no doubt. So, 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 Lauren, like, how did how did it start for you? Yeah, and you know, um, it started at a small church. I was, uh, I started playing really at a really early age. Uh, I started like really playing songs when I was like three. And uh, like my uh, my dad was a saxophone player, and uh, my mother. Uh, it, it, it first of all, it was like hot and cold water because my dad is Muslim and my mother was is a Christian. You know, she was. Wow. So I would hear Christian, then I would hear jazz in the house because you know it was just a they they yeah. their, their styles were so different. Sure. And so my dad was a saxophone player, so you know, pretty much listening to him play jazz all day long. Stevie Wonder. I mean, I could just remember songs in the key of life. I mean, that was like my anthem. You know, I grew up listening to Earth, Wind, and Fire. Like that was what I heard. You know, so right. it was pretty much my foundation. Pretty much uh, that and the Hawkins. You know, and so that's really how I developed my sound. And how I started playing listening to music, it really started in church, you know, going to my mom's church. And, you know, back then, the organists, the organists were, were looking to be paid. And, you know, yeah. in a small church, you know, sometimes they can't accommodate the good organists because, you know, the organists can go somewhere else and make a certain amount. And it, it meets their need. Right. And so, um, which is my, he was my god brother. And uh, he uh, was playing for the church, but he left. And uh, so, you know, I kind of had to step in, you know, and I just started playing, you know, every Sunday. You know, once I was like seven, I pretty much was like the church organist, you know. And was seven? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I pretty much was playing for the church. And uh, and then um, once my pastor came, you know, once my bishop died, we had to get a new pastor. And once he came, well, we had two pastors. One came, but then he left because he was pastoring two churches. But the, when the other pastor came, he was a musician. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he actually really taught me about music. He taught me how to learn music. And that's when I was really starting to develop my style. He taught me how to back up a preacher. He taught me how to do everything, you know what I mean? And really like listen to the chords and the placement, you know, and when the preacher preached and, and then, you know, and stuff like that. And then he was like, you can learn it. And then he gave me a keyboard. So, you know, I was just teaching me scales and stuff like that. And so I just applied it and he could really play, you know, he was really good. So, you know, I just sat and, and gleaned from him and then pretty much, pretty much how I started, man. And then, you know, being with my brothers and, and all of us, you know, we come from a musical household, uh, you know, we just did what we did, man. And then, you know, 
it just developed into, you know, God blessed me to become, you know, who I am today. That's amazing. 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 Can I ask you a question, bro? The person that got that pastor that stepped into your life, uh, what other things did you learn from him other than just how to become a musician, how to, you know, what, what were some of the other things that he was able to download into you that has made you who you are today? Um, wow. That's a great question. Um, well, one of the things is, and, and I have to credit a lot of this to my mom, you know, because my mom really, uh, instilled the word in me as a child. So I really never had word struggles. Like I never really, I always understood the Bible cause that's what I grew up with. Right. But one thing I did lack was a relationship with a, a, a man. My dad was, my dad tried, but my dad, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he just, you know, back in those days, you know, he just living his life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He wants to smoke weed. He want to yeah. do whatever. You know, he's not really focused on realizing, like, I got sons I need to raise. I need to right, raise right. children. You know, he w- really wasn't focused on that. So, this pastor, he became like a father to me, and he taught me how he he showed me what love was. You know, That's he amazing. would he he wouldn't just you know if I got mad or something, he wouldn't just leave me alone. He would address me. He would show right. me how to be a man. He would he would say you know this I like I, I love you like you know what I'm saying. And it was all legitimate. It wasn't no funny business and nothing sure, like sure, that. Sure. It was just he was sincere, and it really it really showed me that I meant something to him. You know, it, it showed me that I had value. And then, you know, he, he would just, he would just, when he preached, man, it was like, it just changed my life. It really made me want to, you know, follow God. And it really made me want to get more into my word. And it really made me want to understand music and ministry on another level. And the funny thing was, I really. That was really the only church I ever played for because after that, when I was 16, I went on the road. I really wasn't playing in church. Okay. So it really was, it was all about relationship, learning, just being a part of the church, being right. a real member and not right. just a musician, but understanding, you know, what the value of the church was and, right. and right. taught me, you know, just how to be sensitive to just everything. He taught me how to love my mom and respect my mom. He taught me, you know, just how, just how to be a young man. And, 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 and we, I related to him cause he played and I played. So he would invest his time and his energy into me as a man, as far as my music ability, even when I played basketball, you know, cause I played basketball too. You know, okay. my, my son is actually in college playing basketball now. He's in That's his dope. third year. Full scholarship and everything, you know. But God bless you. (laughs) But no, I um I I played basketball and he even he even invested his time with that. He would come to the games, he would take me to practice, he would he would and like genuine. It was genuine. Like he would help me. His brother played too, professional. So his brother was like, yo, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, you know, you gotta work on this. So they really put that man figure in my life at the time when I was a young boy. Right. That's amazing. That's dope. You know, the crazy, this whole, this whole, this whole description 
is really part of this question. I sent, I, I got, I don't know if I told you this, Kayla, but I sent a bunch of music. I, I hit up a couple of musicians that said I was going to have Lauren on the show. Okay. And they sent me like a gang of questions. Okay. I only could pick three. So <clears throat> I'm going to read, I'm not going to say who it's from, but <clears throat> I'm going to read it just like they sent it to me. <laughs> All right. Historically okay. in church, the black church, the young musician never gets pushed or encouraged to fulfill their musical aspirations to the fullest, mm. where the result might take them out of the ter- church. Note, out of the church, not the faith. It always keep, it's always just to keep from playing, hold on, what are you saying? Just keep playing for the Lord. Oh, yeah, Were there cool. any obstacles in this forward movement, or were you for, fortunate enough to have that support? Hmm. You know what? I had it. I had both. I had people who would tell me I was going to go to hell, and then I had people. Wow. Fortunately, it was it was my mom that was like, "Listen, I put the word in you. Take God right. with you. Grow and be a better musician because this is what you love to do." And so, my once my mom gave me her blessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing can stop me, you yeah. know, like as far as people. And I, I, I thank God that I had her, you know, because she was the one who was like, look, you know, this is this is your dream. You need to follow it. And, you know, and so no matter what people said, because I had one lady told me I was going to hell if I didn't stop playing the devil's music. Mm. And and I was like, you know, it's so funny. You said that I would go to hell. But you look like you on your way to hell, you know. I mean, that, that's what I'm in my mind. You know, I wouldn't say it, but you know, a, a lot of people, religious, yeah, the, the quote-unquote religious Christian, it has no relationship, and so you they scare everybody with rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't mm-hmm. want to give in people information of the word. If the word is in you, it'll never leave you. Right. You know what I'm saying, I mean, people fall all the time, but people fall because they recognize the hypocrisy and there's no one being real with them. There's right. no one saying, I fell too. There's no one saying, oh, I did this. But when I got on the road, as much as I wanted to be wild, I wasn't really, I couldn't do it. I couldn't, right. I, I wasn't wilding out like that because, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I ain't going to say I was an angel. Right. But I'm just saying you had a boundary. You just knew like yeah. you, you got I, I had know. people. I had my big brother, you know, I had I had my big brother Gerald Haywood, who really oh, man. Was, was was the person who was like, yo, you wrong, man. Don't do that. You you're not here for that. So I had I had accountability. I had people to tell me, like, yo, you know what? You 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 can't live your life like that. Like you oh, you right. you gotta do what you know what's best and you gotta do what's right. And I think that God just had his hand on me. Like, it, it, it wasn't no way of getting around it. And so that's why I tell people, you know, you they, they want to lock people down in church and say you only should play for church because they don't want to, they don't really understand that it's so much bigger than just playing for church, but it's a career, it's a lifestyle. Right, right. right. Oh, mm-hmm. you paying your bills. You it's so mm-hmm. much more than just what they think it is. Right, exactly. Right, you right. know the crazy thing is, I don't I know you don't remember this, but I I was I was working in Sam Ash in 2000. And wow. and I think 
I want to say you were on the road with Erica, I think. It was Erica or Mary, one of the two, I Mary think. Mary was Mary. Okay, so Mary came in town. Mary J. Blige, those who are listening. And you walked past me, and somebody recognized you. I didn't know who you were at the time. And they said, yo, you know who that is? I was like, who? He said, no, that's Lauren Dawson. I said, yo, you bad. Da, 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 da. I'm like, okay. And then there was a keyboard behind me. Mm. And then I heard these crazy chords and I turned around like, what the <laughs> heck? <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> and it was like, you were just playing around. So the question someone asked me was, how did you come up with your chordal imagination? Because you take it to the limits, but you always, you never take it out. So it's left. It's always mm-hmm. a controlled, like, it, it, it makes your face go like this. You get you get people the monkey face. So, <laughs> so where, where did that come from? Um, well, the common ground, the common ground is always to keep the melody, right? So as a child, you know, I was always taught, you know, I want to be able to recognize the song. You know, that's what that's what my grandmother and my mom and them say. They we want to recognize the song. We don't know what that is, you know. So that always stuck with me. Um, as I expounded my level of thinking as far as music is concerned, um, once I got into chords and learning, you know, what the structures were and how I could reharm and, you know, do all of those things to apply to, you know, a song or come up with different variations of what I, uh, proceed to interpret, you know, uh, as a musician, it, it just expounded by listening to uh, when, when I really got introduced to uh, Bill Evans, mm. and uh, when I got when I when I got introduced to um, a guy named Claire Fisher, uh, and and really, I, I really even got to take it back a little further. And I and, and the person that really really got me into that was a guy named Benjamin Love uh, from Milwaukee who passed away. Uh, one of my mentors, you know, he he could play anything. That's what's up. He could play anything. I mean, we was on tour, and I got a chance to be his roommate, and he would carry around a keyboard like no bigger than this everywhere. Like he would carry something like this around. See, I got keyboards everywhere, <laughs> right? But he 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 would carry a little keyboard, two speakers. I don't care if we was in London, Japan, everywhere. He always carried this on his back. Wow. And when he would get in the room, he would just sit there and play chords, changes, reharms, and stuff like that. So he had, like, perfect pitching. He, you know, he had all of those qualities. So he'd be like, all right, now you do it. So he'd be like, yo, play this hymn. And then he'd be like in the, in the bathroom listening, and he'd be like, "Uh, uh, uh, don't hit that G, hit that A flat." Like he telling uh, me how to change, and so he expanded my brand. He 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 has so um, much information. He's a virtuoso. Like he he was just. You should look him up. His name is Benjamin Love. Everything wow. you hear about Benjamin Love is 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 barely what he could do really in person. Like he was a genius. He was like, mm-hmm. so everything that I really, that inspired me to want to become that 
was really listening to him and really uh, dedicating myself to being a, a, a player that could actually, you know, really get in depth with with my core and, and my keys. Being with him, he's like, yo, you got to play in every key the same way. You got to be able to do the same thing every key. You can't, you got to be able to, and then he just opened my mind. Then he would be like, what are you hearing? He, he would play Singers Unlimited and he would play all this stuff. And he introduced me to a lady called Maria Schneider. Mm. I mean, just, 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 it's, it was incredible. My experience with him is, st I'm still feasting off of, wow. of, of everything that he taught me when I was a kid. Wow. Wow. So what's the first tour you went on? My first tour that I went on was a uh, Harlem Gospels Singers tour. Uh, I was 16. I was I was playing the piano uh, for a lady named Queen Esther, and we ended up touring all over over the world uh, for um, uh, for like five months. Wow. I spent three of those months in Germany alone, and I was sixteen. I had to get permission from my mom. I had to get the sign. Like I had to get all this stuff. It was crazy. And uh, uh, I went on tour, and I played for her and me and a guy named Spoon um, from Virginia Beach, who's blind. Oh, dude. Yeah. Uh, I uh, played with him, and uh, he was so phenomenal. I, I couldn't freaking believe it. And uh, at the time, I'd never seen a blind dude rip like that in my <laughs> life. Like, he get... He could, he could go everywhere, jazz. So, so I used to just watch him in awe, like, you know, and just, and, and, and we went on tour, man. We traveled the world. And then I started getting, I got introduced to Oscar Peterson, R. Tatum, and, and it just really inspired me to want to stretch myself a, a lot. Dude, Oscar Peterson is, wow. R. Tatum, those, those two together is like the vocabulary. <laughs> it's, um, it's crazy. You know, from there, just there, all 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 my jazz heads out there. That is like you definitely. If you were to listen to some like some ridiculous, just straight piano, <laughs> Oscar Peterson, man, just change your life. Change change, <laughs> change your life for real. Change your life. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So my, I guess my question is, being that you are a music minister, you are a worship leader in your ministry in your church, what are some of the telltale signs, and I'm, and I'm gonna take this in two places. What are some, especially because your first foundation, which is what, which I think is key, is that your foundation is the word. And so when your foundation is the word, everything else that gets built upon it is solid. So what are some of the telltale signs that you can pick up? Like I can walk in a room and know certain things are not right in that room just because of who we are as musicians and, and techies. So what's the, some of the telltale signs when you can tell that that worship leader, where they are and where they aren't? Well, uh, one, of the, one, of the, one of the clear indications to me is that uh, it's always them trying to prove something. Mm, yeah. Uh, one, of, one, of, one, of the, one of the most horrific things that you can do is try to prove something when you're allowing, when you, when you really need God to prove something. Right. You need God to show himself mighty. And 
getting in the way because we're trying to control what he's trying to do. And a lot of it is I want to I want to impress people. I, and it's just not authentic. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I can recognize the 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 person that is really doesn't have a relationship because anybody that has a relationship doesn't care who's in the room. Exactly. They're doing it because they love him. Right. And because they love him, there's no, it's, it's only one audience and, and it's, right. and so you can always tell sincerity because a worship leader should always have content, mm. content of the word and content of the relationship that you have with God through revelation, through prayer. It's a content that you have that connects yeah. you to the father and then you can speak to him and he hears you and then he responds. Yeah. You know, we have to create an environment conducive for God to dwell. That's right. right? That's right. So in order for, for God to dwell in any environment, it has to be set for him to come in because he just can't right. come anywhere. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Because of who he is. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so like at, the, at that moment, you can always tell I, I call them, I don't want to say such a harsh word, but I call them frauds because they, 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 they're concerned about who sees them exactly. and not who sees the God. That's you know? good. That's good. That's good. That's wow. Excellent. That's excellent. Wow. Yeah, I remember one time I was, I was living in Virginia. I came in town. I think Ant still was living in town. And I, this is when Corey, Corey, Corey was playing with you guys. Corey who? Washington. Oh, Corey, Corey. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he 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 called me. He says, yo, yo, come through. He's, he's going to get something to eat after. He said, come through the church. Yo, we in here practicing. It was, a, it was a Thursday or something like that. And I walked yeah, I in. Thursday. Yeah. So I walked in and we just kind of sat in the back. And I was like this. Because <laughs> what y'all practice was like something. Y'all were just coming up with all these different syncopated rhythms and y'all were just reading each other. And so how did you, how do you build chemistry between musicians? Because I found that, I found that just listening to you, like you were, you were guiding everyone, but everyone was understanding you without you saying what you wanted them to do. Um, you know, the, the first thing that I always tell musicians is that you have to know who you're playing with. You have to you have to spend time outside of sitting down at your instrument, but you have to learn the personality. You have to know what what people need to be inspired. And I think that a lot of times, you know, you don't spend time with the people that you serve with. You don't have a relationship. You don't have a chemistry. You know, so one of the things that I did uh, with this band that I have at the church is even before these guys, there were other guys, and I sat down and I, you know, pulled out my Bible and I talked about, you know, cohesion. And I talked about, you know, understanding the principle of coming together and, and what that does and, and us having a relationship mm-hmm. and us having a camaraderie outside of the building. Uh, one thing that my guys will tell you is that I love them and that I'll go and fight for them for anything. Right. That's something that you build with them. Right. They have to know that because if they don't feel that trust, then, you know, it's not it's not going to work. You know, and I learned that from uh, Bernard Bell. I mean, Bernard Bell, we, oh, would, we, we toured Thank together God. and uh, he uh, 
really helped me to understand in order for us to really be good, we have to have a relationship. And in order for us, like, we have to go through things. We have to have ups, we have to have downs, but we have to be able to do it together. And I'm not going to leave you hanging, so I don't expect you to leave me hanging. And at, even even as things got a little, when, when I was at a community and it got a little friction, we had such respect for each other on our instruments that whatever we felt outside of the instruments, it really didn't matter. Because we, we understood what, what was needed in that moment. Mm-hmm. They respected my musicianship so much that they would humble themselves t- to let me express my creative edge and they respected it. And so we were able to grow. And that's the only way you can grow in any band setting. Um, I always encourage musicians to have a relationship with one another. If, if you, if you're downing your brother behind his back, you'll never get out of him what he could be to you because you're always tearing them down. The minute that you find opportunity to bring everybody together and then show them that you care, whether it's taking them to dinner, whether it's, I mean, you know, really looking out, like, you know, making sure they got money, making sure it ain't just about the check, but making sure they straight, going to their homes, making sure, you know, they got what they need. And so it's, it's a job that, uh, that doesn't happen often because everybody's out for themselves. But when you learn that the chemistry is really what makes the unit. It makes the unit, and then everybody respects each other, and then it, it's, it's, you don't have a fight because it's relationship. It's like, man, I'm here with my brother. My brother got my back. I'm not worried about nothing. Right. And it, it corresponds into what you're playing. And, uh, of course, you want to be individually sound as a musician, but you also want to be able to lean on others because it shouldn't be about you. A band is a circle, and a band ne- never ends. So there should, it's always rotating. It's not about us. It can't be connected. If it's not connected, it's not a band. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right. So, right. How do you, how do you, with what you just shared, how do you, how does that work when there are churches that hire people to come in on a weekly basis but they're not really part of the band. They're just musicians that just kind of float in. How, how does that, how do you kind of, if, if, you are, if you had the opportunity right now to share with a pastor, how would, what would you tell them in, in reference to that? Well, a, a, a pastor's responsibility is always to man, to, to always to, is always to, make sure he understands what he has in his house right uh because in order for him to operate it uh, under the 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 uh, uh under the power of god he right. has to have he has to have discernment of the house right. when right. you bring in people you don't bring in people because you're hiring them you're bringing in people because you you believe that they can create change Right. You 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 want to bring them in because they make a difference. That's good. But they also have to understand your heart. And if you don't spend that time with them, you're just hiring them. It's like, well, I hired you. I'll see you later. And you don't build that relationship. What happens is it causes 
uh, it causes them to become hirelings. Right. And hirelings, per se, just want to get the job done and get their check. Right, they're right. not really trying to give the church or they're not trying to help build the church. You right. know what I'm saying? They're just there for what they can get. Yeah. And so it takes away from, you know, the, I always encourage pastors to take the time to, before you hire somebody, get to know them. Let, ask other people about them. Don't just hire them because you're in desperate need. Yeah. Because we have instruments with our voice. You, you can sing God's praises. You don't need musicians to do that. Uh, what you need is people who understand what what the house needs and being sensitive to the house and then implementing that to the guys around them. Because all you need is one person who understands and can relate to everybody else. Because mm -hmm. everybody's not going to understand. Like my guys, everybody didn't understand right away. Okay. But I had to reinforce by saying, you know, first of all, I don't play that. Secondly, like, we're not going to tolerate this, that, that, and this. And then on top of that, I also spend time loving them and letting them know that I value their presence. Right. And at that moment, when you value people, they, they look at the situations that they've been in and say, I've never experienced a person that genuinely cares about me and that's willing to go in their pocket or willing to go in, in whatever they need to do to help this person be more successful. Right. So at the end of that, I think that it's a leader's job to pick leaders that are going to help build. You, you should not just hire people. Now, if you do hire them, you still should screen them. You still yeah. should have an expectation. You still should have a standard. You know right. what I'm saying? You still should require certain things. And don't be afraid to say your expectations. Don't be afraid to uh, have those standards in place because if they're not living up to that, then you're on to the next. You got to find the person that respects what the house is about. That's good. That's good. That's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. So what is the biggest difference that you think being a, a young musician today and being a young musician like when you began? Um, well, these guys have way more information than we had yeah. when we were younger. Um, they have everything at their fingertips. They have YouTube. We didn't have YouTube. We had cassette tapes and we had to figure it out from a cassette tape that if you rewind it too much, it'll pop. And then you had to go get another cassette tape to try to play it again to figure it out. I have so many I have I have still have a bag full of cassette tapes but the point that I'm trying to make is it's an information age now and because it's an information age now they're way more advanced it's like you're giving them the tools and everything they need to become as great as they can become and so you see them and you say wow but you don't understand that they have way more than what we had so if we had what they had, imagine what they would sound like now. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it was just it, it, it was just that, you know, we weren't taught to to get education at first. We were taught to just come in and you hear it, play for the Lord, and that's it. They didn't want to educate it because once you got educated, you had more of an understanding of everything. And now you realize like, yo, this is, is this, I paid to go to school. So now I'm looking for a job to exactly. take care of me. You know what I'm saying? And so 
that wasn't the case. You know, we did it for the Lord. And so we 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 uh scraped our knees and, and, and broke skin in church. You know, we did everything. We we got yelled at, kicked off, you know, embarrassed, everything, you know, mm-hmm. all the woes in mm-hmm. life to prepare you for that great coming when you really walk into your own. And I just think that uh, a lot of it is, you know, predicated upon, you know, uh, musicians really seeing, um, you know, the value of, of, of taking that information age that they have now and just applying it and being more applicable. And for us older ones to stay in the information age too, don't, don't let it get beyond you. Uh, and then you'd be trying to play catch up. It's not, it doesn't work like that. In order to be effective, you have to have something to say. And if you, when you lose that, you lose your voice, you lose your audience. You you yeah, lose the yeah. people who want to hear you because it's like, well, I can get this and more over here for less. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, no, you got to have substance so that when they're looking for something, they can get it. Right, so, right, right. You right. know, that's, that's, that, that, that's the difference between my generation and the new generation, the new generation just has so much more that they can feast on and get and absorb and and, and take in and become great because they have all this accessibility to things that we couldn't even find back <laughs> in the day. You know, right. you just type in Bill Evans and everything comes, comes up. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. 20 years ago along with charts and illustrations exactly, you couldn't you couldn't do that 20 years ago you couldn't a video wouldn't pop up of, of you couldn't you know i didn't get a video to oscar peterson until i was like 20 you know what i'm saying like i didn't even know where i could find and the first video i ever got i bought overseas wow <laughs> i was i was overseas when i bought, bought my first video of him and I'm like, they make videos? Like, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and it's crazy. And that's the key thing, you know. Once I saw it, I wanted to become it and I lived it and I did what I could, but I didn't have YouTube and we didn't have those things. So we just mm-hmm. had to do what we had to do. But what right. we had, and now they have so much more. So I think they're blessed because of guys like us that we paved the way for them to have all this information. And we were searching so hard to find an easier way to get the information. You know, you could type in, play somebody play over somewhere over the rainbow and you can get the exact chords, you know. Mm-hmm. You could ne- that, you no. can never do that. You have no, to you find rewind it, playing that thing. You gotta rewind Bring it back. Wait, wait, wait. So much more work. So, you know, it, it, it's just, I think that they're given this information, and um, we ought to we we ought to embrace that as well. But they just they just have more than what we've had, and so I expect them to be as great as they are because they just have so much more. So, would you be in you know the executive director? How has your work week changed before COVID and after COVID? Nothing has changed. <laughs> <laughs> If, if, if anything, I'm doing more work, you know, because now, you know, I'm on more Zoom calls. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm like right now uh, we're doing we're in the process of a Christmas special. And so, like, you know, I, I don't I've had uh, my I, like what I did was since we had so much time, I spaced it out so that. The artists, we flew a couple artists in. I flew the first artist in last month. So 
but we recorded them last month. And then mm. the next artist is here. And then we have our next recording on Sunday. And then we're just all going to put it together as one big thing. And then we're going to show it online. And wow. so we're able to work a little bit smarter, you know, but we're really like the work week from, from week to week is, is consistent. It doesn't stop because we're still playing. We're still having rehearsal. We're still having, you know, the band has to come out and rehearse and, and um, the, wow. the team comes out and rehearse. I don't play that, man. You got to rehearse. Wear masks and let's rehearse. We got to know this music and we got to do mm-hmm. it. We can't be sounding a mess. And uh, I just feel like, you know, Rehearsal is the preparation for you know the delivery, and so if you if you if you're not rehearsing, if you're not prepared, then how can you deliver something that you haven't prepared? Right. So you know, <laughs> so I always feel like that, and so we've always had the regimen, and so you know, I'm I'm at the church Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Wow. That's how much I'm at the church this week. I'm at the church Monday. No, this week that just passed, I'm here. I was at the church yesterday. I didn't go today, but I had a, a staff meeting. After staff meeting, uh, then I have rehearsal tomorrow. I have another taping on Friday. I have another rehearsal on Saturday. Then I have a taping on Sunday. Wow. Wow. So wow. It's, we busy, bro. You know what I'm saying? We wow. work. Wow, it's it's consistent, man. It, it hasn't slowed down at all. It's it's made us come together more because we, you know, we do ten songs a week. Ten? Wow. Yeah. Wow. In church, we do ten songs a week. Is that five per service? Five per service. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Five per service. Ten. So songs. how do you? How how has? Well, I'm, I'm I'm liking the fact my brother sh- sh- we shifted it to COVID. How has COVID affected your home life? I I think yeah, I think it's gotten better actually because uh, I'm able to spend more time yeah with my wife and, and we're developing different things. Even though I've been married 21 years, you still this thing. Women change every day. It's like. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, every twenty minutes, bro. Every, every, <laughs> I'm just like, uh, who am I gonna get today? Like, you know. <laughs> but you know, um, one of the things that it has done is helped our communication. Okay, we're with each other more, and we have to work through things. I could just pick up and leave and be like, yo, I'm on my, I'm out going to the office. You know, I'm going to the studio. Like, right, right. Now I gotta, I gotta stay there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I got to deal with it. And um, it's good That's because, good. you know, um, you never want to do a great work in one place and don't do a great work in your home. You know, you never want to, your first ministry yeah. is always your home, not not your church. And you got to take care of your family and you got to, you know, I got kids in college. I have to be accessible to my son. You know, I got another 10 year old. You know, and we all all the same wife, you know, no separate yeah. babies, no nothing. And we all one, you know. Yes. So, you know, I mean, I, I, in that regard, you know, we have to, it brought us together. It forced us to, to just be more together. And I think it's helping, you know, and um, you realize what's important opposed mm. to what's not important. 
the way COVID is taking over and hurting people and and the whole society is, you realize all you really have is what God gave you. That's your family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazing, amazing. So in, in in the scope of, of worship and when you're, when you're playing, like what, what shapes your, your mindset when you, when you approach your instrument in worship? Um, well, for me, um, I, I, it's, 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 it's a, it's a couple things because I, I like, I like to be prepared. Even if you shift, I think you should do a level of preparation. Mm-hmm. If the Lord moves in a different way. I always believe that there should be some form of preparation because you want to be equipped. You want to have that muscle memory of whatever you're doing. You want to have it so that it's there. The, 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 the flexibility is there. It's when you when you're operating from a place and you haven't sat down and you haven't worked. It's like reading the word. It's like getting new revelation every time you read. You right. know, you see something, you're like, oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same thing with 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 preparing uh, for worship. You know, uh, one of the one of one of my biggest things is that uh, you know I like structure. I like order. I think like if everybody's on the same page when the Lord moves. He would not allow us to move in a way where it's not consistent. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I just feel like a lot of people want to just say, want to blame it on. Well, I don't know what the Lord is leading me. You ain't, you don't know because you ain't been praying and you ain't been talking to God. Don't use that as an excuse not to be prepared. Because people who understand, it's just like you go into an office and you know, you you go into a session and you got your music and you know. Listen, I got to have all my, my audio files, so I give to the engineer. I need to know the BPMs. I need to know. What's the same thing? You know, you know, you got to have everything in order. What we going to play? How we going to do it? And I believe that causes the relationship so that even if there is certain shifts, we have a relationship because we've connected. And I mm-hmm. think that, that in, in, in my pr- preparing for worship, I always you know, I have to always have a structure. Like I always need to just map things out. I like, I, I, I sent out the music way ahead so that everybody can go and learn their stuff until the day it comes. And then when we come in, if I feel something, I'll say, let's shift and do this or whatever. But I like to prepare. I like for everybody to be prepared because it really just unifies everything. So that's that's that like that's my main thing. It's just you know like um, making sure that we have done our due diligence with the music and sure. and 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 representing the writer the right way and you know it, I'm funny like that you know but I feel like it opens up another door you know I I, I just feel like that right 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 and, right. and I just I, I just feel like you can't go wrong with with the structure you know I, no, I you can't. It really helps, yeah. and it really develops everybody. Right, 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 right. So, so what do you, you guys? What do you guys do for for since COVID? Are you pre-recording? Are you going live? Like how 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 you guys doing church? I hope my pastor don't see this, but we're <laughs> we're going, we're going. We we pre-record for a number of reasons. Um, one of the reasons was a lot of people were still showing up for service. And he, my pastor doesn't want to turn people away. Okay. So, you know, he he's like, look, I said, Pastor, maybe we need to switch it 
and just do it a day before so that if people come, the church is locked. We don't got to turn nobody away. They just got to go home. So that's what we started doing. And it, that way we didn't have to offend nobody. And that wow. way, you know, that's crazy. You know, we, we, we just did what we needed to do and it helped us too. And, um, at first it was very strange in an empty church with nobody there and we were worshiping. But then we started to realize who we worship and we started to realize it all belongs to him anyway. And exactly. we don't need an audience to do what we should be doing every day. Of our right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I got one question from, a, from another musician. I'm going to read it just how he wrote it to me. <laughs> That's how he wrote it to me. You see me into that. One, one that this I asked him, this is the question. I said, I said, what would you want me to ask him? What would you want me to ask Norman? He said, one that comes to mind, he's been in the storefront Baptist situation, the large church situation, as well as the secular touring situation. Is there any, if any, a difference in each? Did you, did you learn something in one that prepared you for the others? Absolutely. Be prepared. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, I, you know what? My 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 storefront church experience is I had I, I I really grew up, and this is just this is just a testament to the way God really set my life up because I really grew up around super talented people, and I just had them to glean from. You know, like I learned everything about what I know from all of these people. I have, a, I have so many impartations. I have so many people who have invested uh, in me a, as a big brother or, or somebody who just said, you know, this is what you should be doing. This is how you should carry yourself. This is what you, I mean, all spectrums. And I think that, uh, you know, um, it really has uh, prepared me. I, I believe that my storefront experience helped me to be strong on my own playing in the church and you they don't have the money to get a whole band and everything All you right. gotta learn how to really facilitate that whole situation with just you so it taught me how to be able to play the bass the keys the organ the run like i i did it all because i was like yo i want to have my mp so i brought my mp to church and this wow. is way back in the early 90s like 90 Eighty-nine, ninety. You know, oh, dude, you was bringing the NPC sixty to church. Yep, I was bringing it to church, and uh, I had my NPC three thousand. When it came out, I, I went brought my NPC to church. I brought my whole rack, and I and I had a keyboard, and I would play that keyboard, and or I would get on the organ and put my keyboard on the organ and my and my rack next to it, and have my drum machine, <laughs> and was playing it and doing that way. Back in the days, even you know when I saw Joe Wilson doing, so yeah. uh, that's where I got it from. So you know I saw Joe doing it. And I was like, yo, we were the only ones that really had racks in churches, and yeah. so we we just decided, yo, this is, yo, this is what this is. And so uh, I took my rack and I brought it to church, and I just you know pretty much it really helped me to learn. I learned how to do things because it was just me. So I learned how. To MIDI stack my sounds. I, I spent so much time learning, making patches. Things. Yeah, making patches, patches yeah. figuring out, you know, everything, sounds, what I could do, you know, pads, leads, all that stuff like that. So it, it just developed me. 
Now, when I got into the, the bigger situation, the bigger situation was just, it was a lot more work because mm-hmm. it was like, yo, we just had one service. You know, I, can, I pretty much was yeah. doing whatever I want. Now I got two services, a Wednesday service. I got, you know, you got a prayer, you got a rehearsal, and then you got all of these things. So it taught me to have and people. Like, yeah, it taught me, it, it taught me to like function at a higher level. Right. And I already had all of the goods because I was doing so much of it. You know, I just took what I knew and I brought it there. And then, you know, what I did was, you know, I, I, I really realized that we were operating on a, a larger uh, spectrum. And so that helped me. And then me doing that on that level, you know, when I, when I, and then, you know, the funny thing was I did big arenas before I did big churches. So before I, I, before <laughs> I did the, the church, I did the arena. So I, but by the time I came back home, I'm used to paying in front of 20,000 people. So it really wasn't nothing for me. And then we would program the show and we would do all of that. So I wanted to hear that sound. I, I didn't want to just be thin and light. I wanted to sound full and I wanted the breaks and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all of that. So could, people could feel it when they come in. I want you to feel it. I don't want you to just be like, oh, that sounds cool. Now I want you to be like, yo, this is broken. <laughs> and, yeah. and, 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 and I, I mean, that's the musician side of me. You know, I wanted it to be right. So me experiencing that and then sitting down with my other mentor, Valdez Brantley, who mm. is, is uh, who was uh, like, showed me how to work the MP, showed me how to find sounds, wow. showed me how to MIDI my keyboard, showed me how to really become a musician and re- really learn to play parts. And, and then we would put whole wow. shows together and I would just sit wow. there and we would take all the Mary shows and I would play all the parts on the record and put it in the sequencer and then we would play on top of it. And then we would have a big sound and that's how I learned how to do that. And so it's to, even to this day, <laughs> I do that now. You know, I don't, I don't always play stems, but it, when I do, it's, it's, and then we got, you know, we got everything. Now, everything that I had on the road, I have at the church. I was about so, to ask you what was your setup because I'm, I'm looking at the pictures. I see the, I see the MP. I see, I see you playing a motif. I um, actually have a, a, um, a montage. Okay, have, okay, the new one, okay. I have the new montage. I have the, uh, I have a Jupiter 80 up top. Woo. I have a whole rack on the side. MKS a motif rack, uh, a MK rack, a Mr. Rack, uh, Sonic. I have a whole bunch 1080, all that in the rack. But then I have Ableton, I use Logic, I use MP, I use the MP for like praise breaks so that it gets, I can just <laughs> so I ain't gotta be, you know. And then I use sometimes wow. I use Logic, or most times I use Ableton kind of run the session, you know what I'm saying? And then, and then that way, you know, we can play on top of it so it sounds full. But then I have a four-piece horn section. I have guitar, bass, drums. Like, I have everything at the church. So, like, it really is a production. Like, it becomes... Yeah, it is. It is. It actually, it actually sounds like a touring band. Yeah. But you know what? In this band, 
Uh, these my guys are incredible. Like I have Richard Tubbs on Oregon. I don't know if you know about Richard Tubbs. Yes. Richard Tubbs plays for Mary Mary. Dude, that dude is the most quietest. He's a un- unassuming. Yes, but, but a beast. And, but a real, a real beast. Wow. Right. And then you have, uh, then I have, um, my guys. Like I, my drummer is a certified Pro Tools engineer. I have two drummers. I, and one of them is a certified Pro Tools engineer who has his own studio. So I have the best of both worlds. Like uh, his name is Odell Davis. Then I have my other drummer, Brian Williams. Then I have one of the greatest percussion players from the 60s. He's who's still phenomenal to this day. His name is Rodney Plummer. I don't know if you know him. Wow. But he played on Benny Cummins records. Yeah. On Donnie McClurkin. Yeah. Yeah. He's phenomenal and he still sounds amazing. And he plays with a click track. And he's killing. Wow. Like he can really do it. At 63. He's 63. Wow. Cooking. And then I have. All my horn guys, these guys went to school. They're phenomenal readers and players. And, you know, a guy named Eric Hall, who I, I put in charge of the horn section, he charts out the charts, him and I. Um, and then um, we have a guy named Stanton Kendricks, who's phenomenal. Tenor sax, alto, oboe, everything. Eric plays keyboards, flute, uh, you know, sax, you know, he plays everything and produces. I told him how to do Logic now. He done did like three albums. Like, you know, <laughs> like all my guys, they're official. Like everybody I have, like, uh, have toured, have done both worlds. So they get it. You know what I'm saying? That's the key part. They yeah, get yeah, yeah. it. They get it. They really get it. Like, LaShawn is my bass player. Walt Wizard is my guitar player. I got to name them because just in case they see it, I don't want them, I don't want to leave their names and, out. And you should. And you and, should. And, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and my trumpet, Randall, uh, my trombone player, Mark, uh, and uh, who else? Uh, then my sound guys, of course. I love my sound guys. My main sound guy, his name is Sylvester Lewis another genius pro tools everything so i just got i'm blessed man god really blessed me with a wealth of great people man and um i couldn't be more happy for working with these guys and uh they make my life easy now it's like riding cruise at at this (laughs) (laughs) you just gotta beat it yeah they they really they really pull it off you know i i'll I'll program everything or something like that, but I don't even need to play because Tubbs can do it. Like I, I, I can, but it doesn't. I don't have to. And and like I got capable guys, and I, and I just think I'm blessed to have all of that. And they're humble, good guys, you know, that really love the Lord, and it really makes a difference. That's amazing. That's amazing. Hey, bro, man, we appreciate your time. Yeah, sure. Like, dude, this has been crazy. You know, a lot of information. What 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 would you, what advice would you give like a young musician or a young pastor if you had to pick one? Um well the the, the greatest advice is is to always be honest and be true to yourself. Uh admit your flaws, don't try to be perfect, just try to serve a perfect God. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And try your best at being who God wants you to be other than who people want you to be. Uh, mm-hmm. Because we can fall into the category of, of, of having a, a personality 
But I always tell people, your favorite personality is not going to get you into heaven. Yeah. So, you know, you got to be accountable to who God wants you to be. So for anybody, you know, whether it be pastor, musician, whoever, um, really think about who you are, really find out who you are and be true to yourself and be honest with yourself. Yeah. Because the honesty is what makes you you. You know, don't try to be somebody else and don't try to fit in the way you don't belong. Exactly. You know, don't, don't, you know, all of those things I'm learning, you know, by through experience. I've learned through experience. I, I, I can say this now because through all that I've been through, I've learned to just realize that it's okay to be you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that would be the one thing because... Once you find out who you are, you can become anything. Right, right, right. Because you know who you are. And exactly. You, know who you are. Right, right. Amazing. Yeah, man. So Amazing. Dope. So dope. Thank hey, you. so before you get out of here, we can do this thing called going in sixty sec. Go, going in, in thirty seconds. So I'm gonna shoot. I'm gonna shoot a question. Quick answer. You ready? Yep. You sure? <laughs> I'm sure. You sure? Okay. All right. Here we go. Number one, Knicks or the Brooklyn Nets? Brooklyn Nets. Woo! Okay, Korg, Roland, or Yamaha, favorite keyboards? Korg. Rhodes or piano? Piano. What, what sound do you pick when you first start to create a track? Rhodes. Favorite book in the Bible? Psalms. Amazing. 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 Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, I just want to thank my brother, Lauren Dawson, for being part of the Church Sound Podcast. Listen, we enjoyed this. I know the audience is going to enjoy this, man. And like we say, every, every, every time, every person, everything you do, and we see you next time on the Church Sound Podcast. Podcast. Sure.